0: Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This man needs very little introduction. He's been a force to be reckoned with on the barbecue scene, both in competition and in other venues. He's all about business, as they say. I think you'll learn a lot and be highly entertained by this interview with David Qualls from the American Dream barbecue team. While you're enjoying this podcast, please share it out on your social media, and also be sure to like the podcast on the service of your choice. Every little bit helps. So please join me in welcoming David Qualls. The Barbecue League is the ultimate barbecue experience, and here's why. One small annual investment from you instantly unlocks all 70-plus tell-all recipes, enthusiast recipes, restaurant tours, and more in their unmatched library. This isn't your typical YouTube-type content. World champions like getting Basted, Shake and Bake Barbecue, Heavy Smoke Barbecue, and La Pasadita and 913 share their full tell all recipes. No secret is left unsaid. And a new video release is guaranteed every single week of your membership. You'll also see unfiltered looks from all levels of Pitmasters during their live competition coverage. And those same Pitmasters are accessible through the league's upbeat online community. As soon as you sign up, you'll also have a full arsenal of some of the best discounts on barbecue from brands like Snake River Farms, Blues Hog, Big Papa Smokers, Gunter Wilhelm, Gateway Drum Smokers, and more. The Barbecue League puts on members-only contests throughout the year, hosts live and virtual events, and offers a full-access league lounge at participating events. And if you haven't looked at the American Royal results, a lot of those teams that got calls were part of the Barbecue League, so... To say that this is worth its money is is an understatement. So, our listeners can receive $10 off of the $100 annual and membership this month by using the code SEPTEMBERPITMASTER on the All right, I am very excited about today's guest. Today, we have David Qualls, barbecue legend from Oklahoma. How you doing, my friend?
1: Well... <laughs> Thanks for the moniker. Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Legend. <laughs> <my own> mind.
0: <laughs> it, we, I'm trying to think about when the first time we met. I like to start podcasts that way, and I, I got to be honest with you. I've been thinking about it all morning, and I can't really pinpoint. I think it might have been either at a KCBS awards banquet, or it might have been... A,
1: exactly the first time I met you. Oh, yeah. It was the 80s party at the KCBS banquet.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> and you, y'all came all dressed up and I'm like, this dude's cool. Now, I had knew you and you had knew me through social media. You yeah. Because, I mean, obviously I'm in Oklahoma and you're clear out on the East Coast. So I anyway, forgot
0: about I that South party.
1: Coast, but, yeah. But that's where I first met you. Like, Those dudes are cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was funny because it was our first banquet and it said 80s party and. So we went through all these ruminations of, we dressed up like run DMC and we walk in there and and nobody else is dressed up. And I looked at, I looked at Kim and I said, well, we got two options. Like we can either go back to the room and change into normal clothes or we can just go in and own it. And she said... Let's go. And,
1: <laughs> and I remember distinctly, I, I walked up to you, introduced myself. I said, it's a cool gig. And I think you just kind of said, I think we kind
0: of misunderstood what this was.
1: <laughs> like, you know, you were like the human mullet, you know, I'm sophisticated, but I like the party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, I remember, now I remember it distinctly because I remember meeting you and being like, we had... Had interacted on Facebook, but meeting like somebody that was that big into barbecue, and that was I think that was the year that you were second in the points race.
1: It been, I can't remember,
0: that's yeah. Be right. And uh, I was like, wow, this guy, and also one of the best team names in barbecue. And that's right. And I want to kind of ask you, like, how did that team name come about?
1: Well, it's <laughs> It came about from the way it looks. Dusty Rhodes and I were friends. With the wrestler, uh-huh. his wife, and I, and, and the boys and the girls are still, you know, close. We're not super close. But we talk a lot. You know, uh, Michelle, Dusty's wife, and I still talk a lot. And Chris, my wife, talks. We were friends. Started getting into barbecue. We've been cooking this local contest for a couple of years, and uh, we so we were going to cook this local contest. And so I I was talking to Dusty about it in barbecue. I said, I'm gonna cook this contest and I'm gonna call myself the American Dream Barbecue Team. Well, he thought that was so cool. Then when fast forward a couple of years later to 2012, and I said, you know we're gonna kind of do this for real. And I'm gonna get a logo made and all that. And he says, and you know, put on, you know, on the side of my pit and stuff and t-shirts. He goes, Well, make sure you put my picture on it. You know, and true Dusty fashion, make sure you put my picture on it. <laughs> so i reached out to patrick carlson the the cartoon logos guy who's done a lot of uh, uh team logos well he just he's from georgia so he happened to know dusty roads was a fan and everything so he knew just exactly what to do drew it all out put this little pink pig in a headlock that dusty had and i showed him that i said do you like this is this okay he goes, yeah he said you just make sure that piggies with me all the time and so <laughs> we went through two or three iterations at first when we were really on fire and having fun you know every year had a theme the one year was uh, funky like a monkey kind of like the old dusty deal and then the next year we called it plundering through america and in wrestling lingo if you will they got their own carny lingo plunder when they talk about plunder that's the stuff they sell out front you know their t-shirts their pictures and all that you know if you got your plunder out there and so plundering through America, we had, you know, dusty with a knapsack over his back with money and trophies coming out of the back. And then the pink <laughs> piggy was rooting up trophies and money. So we were plundering through America. And so that was one of our themes. He just thought that was so wonderful. And then, uh, you know, after he passed in 2015, right at the height of our season that year, uh, we redid a logo for the next year and, uh, had him kind of standing on a rock pointing up you know talking about his uh some of his reach for lightning bolt and uh so but we put pink piggy on the ground and had a tear coming down his cheek (laughs) and i thought that'd be pretty cool and honestly i have not changed and done a new shirt since that and i hate that it's six years but it's just kind of hard to get off of that but absolutely there's the name i'm sorry it's you know
0: what no no it's fine it's totally fine because i've asked you that question before privately and it's one of my favorite stories i grew up a huge wrestling fan both me and my brother and when i was 21 my brother was still super into it and i drove him all over the east coast up and down to different matches and different promotions and he was super into it so i was always a huge dusty Rhodes fan and um i just love that story you can see the smile that i have on my face when you tell it it just brings me such such a joy to hear that and uh it's one person like when they ask you if you could have dinner with like three people he's usually on that list for me
1: <laughs> oh my god it's you know and, and what you see on screen and what you see off screen is about the same guy without so much of the hype you know but he's just so cool. He came to Plant City, Florida. Of course, he lived right down there. To a contest, we cooked way early on, and just set out in front of everybody. It'd be, people would be walking up, going, it's "Dusty Rhodes here, Dusty Rhodes here," and he'd look up and say, "Ah, he's in the back. Get ready <laughs> here. Uh, he's taking a nap right now." People wouldn't realize, you know, that it was actually him, was, except for David Morrow. <laughs> Morrow knew it. um, it's funny you say that. Uh, I'll tell you one more story about that. We were at the Royal one. And a guy walks up and he says, uh, you know, that that's somebody else. That's 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 you're stealing a logo or something like that. And I said, no, nah, what do you mean? And uh, he said, well, I'm a personal friend of Dusty Rhodes's, and You don't have authority to use his picture. This, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, nah, it's okay. Uh, you know, I know him. Uh, that. So I pick up the phone and call Dusty. I said, Hey, there's some dude here saying he's your friend. And that you're going to sue me for this logo. Dusty goes, put him on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I hit the speaker and this guy starts in, yeah, it does and I mean, the guy immediately realizes it's dusty Rose. He's going, oh, I was just joking with these guys. <laughs> so we get into that some, and it was funny. And, and now there is a story that Vince McMahon somehow through their wwe channels saw our logo on facebook and saw that kind of stuff and he calls calls him up and says hey you realize or says hey you realize there's somebody out here using your likeness and all this stuff and he said yeah he says it's a good friend of mine and he says well did you approve of that he says yeah he says well What's he sells? You got a restaurant or what? He goes, no, no, you don't have anything. He just cooks that. He goes, well, tell him to go get some spices and, and and put some salt, pepper, and something with your picture on it. We'll sell it on the website. You know, it's all about that plunder, if you will. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, but we never did that, you know. So, but it was cool though. Even Vince <laughs> McMahon noticed this.
0: You know what? That's a great uh, though about use about the word plunder, the different vernacular that people use in terms of different. Activities and one of the things I think that we need to do in terms of barbecue, and I think we might do it on this podcast, is explain some of the terms that we use. You know, you know, when we talk about GCs and RGCS and yeah. tables and stuff, and and the layperson doesn't really understand what's going on. So I, that's been a little project that I'm thinking about undertaking.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, you know, a lot of people know what shiggin means now. You know, and things like that. But yeah, there's every. It seems like everything has its own slang, if you will. Yep. Which, if you will, is one of Dusty's.
0: Dustyisms. <laughs> you know, with,
1: taking care of business in public, if you will. But, uh, <laughs> be pain, blues and agony on them come Saturday at awards time. It's time to, you're going to have to deal with the dealer.
0: But now, that's that would be a great barbecue t-shirt.
1: Oh, I used to do that shit with Travis back and forth, you know, when we were doing the 2015 run. All right,
0: Clark, it's time to deal with the dealer this weekend. You know, stuff like that. We always had good fun. So you've been around for quite a while in the barbecue scene. What do you think was your biggest turning point in your life as a pit master?
1: Well, obviously... When we won our first grand, uh that first year in 2012, it was the last week to qualify for the Jack, end of July, Iola, Kansas. We were still turning in four meets with a mystery. You know, I I I at that time I really never knew if my barbecue was good or if it was bad. It's just I think I hit my marks. I think it looks like it's supposed to look, because back then you just had static pictures on websites not a lot of YouTube you had classes and we took classes, um, Scotty Johnson cancer sucks was the first class I ever took still use a lot of that technique today. Um, not so much profiles cause those things change and we could talk about that, but you know, trim techniques, things to feel, you know, you have to use your fingers as well as your thermo and, and things like that. When, when we hit that GC, it's kind of like, okay, I must be doing something right. And I didn't even know I won till they called my name. We got our first 180 and that and was in brisket. And then we were just so late, oh man, we won brisket. We won a 180. da da da, da. Then they, you know, I'm not even worried about grands because we've set through eight or nine or 10 contests knowing that well, there's no way in hell we were gonna be the grand champion. We've got a couple of calls maybe. And then my friends. Now, through barbecue, Scott and Rocky Key, he's turned around pointing at me. You've won, you've won. I'm like, no, no. David Bosco with Butcher Barbecue was there. He's turning around, like, yeah, you've won. Hell, I wasn't even paying attention how many calls I'd had. I'd never learned to track calls during awards, you know, at that point. And then they called the American Dream barbecue team for Grand Champion. I'm like, wow we won we we won one and i and and to have been literally 50 years old which i was i turned 50 in april that year it was like i was like a new kid again it's just like you know we won the 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 playoffs uh, in football season or something it was just it was surreal and i know that's an overused word and an under understood word but it's just that moment that comes around you i mean it's like you know you see the stars around you you feel that Oh my God, you know it's like you know you get your name called for to win the grand prize for something. And that's when I turn the deal. It's like, okay, now at least I'm on to something. I know how to win now. And that's the biggest problem today is people learn how to win. They forget how to lose. Mm-hmm. And my biggest reality check in that is Darren War. And, and once you start winning, he'll say you've got to remember how to lose is more important than learning how to win. And I'm always reminded of that now too.
0: Absolutely. Because the law of averages really comes into it big time when we're talking about competition barbecue.
1: Absolutely. And of course, you know, I was in the gaming business for 30 years and I played a lot of poker, you know, played a lot of poker professionally, played a lot of poker mentally, and if you don't take the, 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 the math into consideration, you know, you're going to be in for a big ass letdown because not all of life is fantasy. I hate to tell a lot of people that because <laughs> you take the class, you watch the video, you buy the thermopin, you buy the sauce, you wear the t-shirt doesn't mean you're going to cook it right. And even when you do, it doesn't mean you're going to win. I learned that just like everybody else did. I think my advantage is, is I've remembered every Mm -hmm. week i remember if you don't do good just those score sheet on dash go on the house you know because the sun will shine on you for a period of time and then the clouds will loom over you for a period of time you just keep pushing you know this is it's like the team of the year race it's a marathon it ain't a sprint so cooking pro barbecue or contest barbecue whether you're chasing points or not is always going to be a marathon I mean, hell, I ain't won a contest since February of 2020. And from then, it had been August of 2018, and you're calling me a legend. See, see what I mean? That's why I'm like, shit, I'm not out there tearing it up. But then again, everybody has their moment. You know, it, You know, it's, it's Brad and Joe's moment right now this year last year, and there's some guys underneath them that are really chasing, that are doing good. I am so proud of Travis Duffy.
0: You know, oh, me too, a,
1: a guy who has pounded it for years, has been a Facebook warrior, has been a critic, has been a supporter, but has learned on his own. He's put it, pulled up his own boots with his own bootstraps. And he, 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 he hit that reserve graduate Royal last year and his whole persona changed on Facebook. I'm going to talk a little personal conversations between me and him. And I told him, I said. You know, at first I'd caught Reese gotten and congratulated him and stuff after he hit that. And uh, then later on, you know, I said, you're, a little, uh, you're a little more docile on Facebook. He says, well, you know, I got thinking, you know, now that I actually hit something that's Royal, I'm kind of looked up to by a lot of people and I've got to represent that. I can't just be an asshole on everything, <laughs> which I am. I mean, you know, that's just two asses talking to each other so he's embraced it and then for him to just step up out of the ashes again and nail it this year uh, that is the american dream right there now that's the american dream I, no big sponsors just grounded out grounded and pounded every week at home perfect his craft and then on the biggest stage he was recognized for it
0: absolutely it was uh we were at the royal a couple of weeks ago when they called him for gc uh I was walking with a team from the East coast that, that didn't know him. And they were kind of like, you know, oh, I thought this contest was always won by, you know, the big teams. And I said, you're forgetting that he RGC this in 2019. So he has got this contest at least a little bit figured out and, and you're right, you know, he does, he does work hard and he's one of the people that I'm looking forward to having on here and getting the, getting his story out there.
1: Yes. And he'd be a great interviewer, great speaker, you know, very articulate. He's very smart. He's very involved. He lives, eats, and breeds barbecue. I believe.
0: Yep, and going up and giving him a hug after he had won—that was that was a big highlight of the royal for me this year. Was. Uh, you know, he's just sitting there The you his know, face is all red from crying. And it's like <laughs> and, and
1: that's the cool part of it. I mean, when he threw that trophy up over his head and they shot that confetti, that was nothing but pure emotion. There was no staging, no scripting, you know, that was pure emotion. I,
0: yep. I just, uh, it's always great to see too. And that's, that's what keeps us all coming back, you know, to do this over and over again is moments like that. It's really great to see. So one of the things that I, uh, I've always wanted to ask you because you always do cute little Facebook posts and you've got some figurines and stuff. Are you a superstitious guy? Partially it's more that than
1: anything, you know, yeah, we've got the little dusty figure have always had it just that's, that's our little mascot. Chris does that my superstition is circus peanuts,
0: circus peanuts.
1: Those little orange marshmallowy depression area candy thing, candy things. Yeah. I, I swear in the center of the earth is not this molten lava uh, which you know causes rotation. It's a big old circus peanut down there. You know, I used to tease everybody that I put a circus peanut in my brisket wrap until some people started taking me literally and like going, how do you get that orange tint off of your brisket? From the circus peanut. I'm like, dude, I don't do that. It's just a (laughs) joke. And then you realize that power that you've got of influence of people once again. But now I, you know, to me, I gotta have my lucky circus peanut because I don't drink a lot. And so, but you know, that's my lucky thing. And it's a gimmick, you know.
0: Yeah, do you have any other rituals or routines that you have to do at a contest?
1: Not really, just prep. I've got a list of alarms on my phone you know, 10 alarms deep to keep my mind, keep me from getting distracted. I always try and be in bed on Friday night by the time Blue Bloods comes on, which is 9 p.m. on CBS. That's kind of my like, okay, everything's done. Get in bed and try and get to sleep because you're going to wake up at 4 o'clock even though your alarm's set at 5. I'm one of those people that can't get up early. I mean, when you call me about this podcast, I'm like, it means I got to get up an hour earlier, but <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> so those are really my rituals. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of other window dressings.
0: That's cool. Are you
1: a music guy when you cook? I used to be. I used to have a playlist on my iPod of between bluegrass country and southern rock. And now anymore, it's just I don't, you know, if somebody else has always got some music playing. So it's just a decent distraction. And uh, I don't really play. And usually simply because most of barbecue now is through football season. I have a TV in our kitchen. I have a toy hauler motor home that we converted to garage into a kitchen. And so there's a TV back there. And so I've always got the TV on there's ball game or something. Saturday morning, you know, you go through the Saturday morning cartoons or used to be cartoons at play, but like the Mo, you knows on there. And the one (laughs) the the guy rescuing pets, I always know those are on and it's like, okay football should be playing when we're getting ready to prep chicken and, you know, as far as getting chicken ready for the box, it should be football pregame on and nothing worse early in the season. It's a damn infomercial because there's no football season. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so, you know what I mean? So it's a little bit of a distraction because Chris will look up and go, there should be something besides an infomercial on right now, You
0: know, stuff.
1: <laughs> that, I guess. So those are our disciplines. If you will.
0: I can't remember if you, I believe that you're a sooner fan, correct? Yes. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that shit well, from last team right now. Anyway. Well, they squeaked one out against my Mountaineers last week. Well, West Virginia
1: gave them all they can handle. And I think I was at a Fiesta Bowl one year when West Virginia just wiped their tail in Phoenix.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was the only time we've ever beat Oklahoma. We sure as hell haven't done it in the big 12. Yep. <laughs> so when you're planning for a competition. Is your week, your prep the week before, is it the same every week?
1: Yeah, I try to. I usually, if we're cooking, I like to put my meat out to thaw, my briskets and butts out to thaw. When I get back from a contest on Saturday night, or if we're home, I'll go out Saturday night or Sunday morning and take them out of the freezer and put them in the refrigerator. And uh, then I don't like to trim till Tuesday. I don't like to make my injections till at least Tuesday at the earliest, because I believe the phosphates neutralize. And so if you make them really early and I know guys that'll make their injections on Sunday, I know guys that'll trim on Sunday, but I back and seal everything. And I feel like I pull too much purge. If I trim on Sunday and Monday and, and, and back at and seal, mm-hmm. I like to, uh, thaw my ribs on, uh, put them out, you know, on Tuesday and then so wednesday night i can get them trimmed up and not back and seal them real hard but just seal them so they don't purge and then a lot of times we have to leave on thursday to go to a contest because we like to get there thursday night for some reason it's just i don't like rolling in at noon on friday
0: a couple follow-up questions to that because i think there's some learning there when you say purge what do you mean
1: when you're pulling the liquid out of like your brisket and, you know a lot of people think that's blood but that that red is not blood it's just mild from the meat but that's all liquid that's that's all moisture that you're taking out of the meat and that vacuum seal will kind of pull it out as it's thawing especially after you've cut it and trimmed it you've opened up wounds in the in the cut that were already sealed from the freezing in the, in the packing process now i learned this from travis and so I'm not going to take credit for it, but if you get a pork butt that purges a lot on you, it's just mild glycosin. It's just red water. Shoot it right back into it before you start injecting. It's its own natural juice again. Now, you know, I'm saying, after you get it inspected, open it up, suck that red stuff in your syringe and go ahead and fill it back up. It's not spoiled. It's just left product, put it back in, it then puts your injection on top of it and those phosphates will bind all that stuff again. because that's natural flavor. Even though it's red and it's ugly and you think it's blood, trust me, folks, blood is black once it hits oxygen. It's not that real nice red stuff that we see. And uh, briskets, thank God, you know, that, that the quality of briskets we use now, which is a big source of contention for a lot of people, is that Wagyu's just don't purge like a prime or a choice brisket does we all know Mm -hmm. and and just as part of the thawing process they're going to purge but then you don't want to over purge them at the same time you know right back and seal and i've got a chamber vacuum sealer Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: so it it'll sucker down tight and uh, i don't do that after i trim
0: right right wow that's anybody listening to this podcast just got a very huge nugget of information from that it's uh I'm not going to lie to you. That's something that I've thought about, but I didn't know the science behind it. And I can tell you that I trimmed my briskets for the Royal probably about five days too early. And uh, because I had a different consistency, yeah. I had a different consistency when I took it out of the, out of the vac seal and I took it out and I went, well, okay, that's a problem. That's the thing that I try and impress upon anybody is but you always have to be learning in this game. It, nobody knows everything.
1: It's evolving. Every time a new rub comes out, the business has evolved, one way or the other. Because if somebody uses that rub, they put a different influence in the tent.
0: Wow, I was so intent on that. I had another follow-up question that I forgot. Uh, <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'll remember it. Um, but yeah, that's that is that's a huge deal.
1: You got to protect. You got to preserve that meat. And I do not believe in trimming on site. A lot of guys do it because of their time factor or whatever. A lot of guys do it very successfully. I want to know exactly what I'm bringing. Right. If I'm gonna, if I'm not gonna open my ribs, I I like to cook four racks of ribs. If I'm not gonna open them up until I get on site, then uh, I bring an extra two racks of ribs because I can't guarantee there's not a shiner behind that big ass label. Right. And I'm cooking Prairie Fresh Primes this year and I've cooked a little bit of everything. And, uh, you know, I've cooked Smithfields, I've cooked Tyson's, I've cooked Comparts, you know, I've cooked the IBPs from Sam's. I'm cooking Prairie Fresh Primes this year and I'm not endorsed by them or anything like that. But uh, they come two packs and thankfully they come two packs packed bone to bone so you can see the face on both ribs. But if I can't trim them, Before I get there, I take six racks with me, and then I just refreeze them to eat at the house, Uh, the ones I don't use unless there's something really bad on one. I find it bad, I just toss it in the trash. And I hate to say that, but I do this year.
0: You still didn't
1: waste anything. I still don't waste brisket trim. That's one reason why I don't trim a brisket on site is because I save those trimmings and yield 150 pounds of ground beef after a 15 contest season. That's a lot of money and it's
0: delicious because, yes <laughs> we do all kinds
1: of stuff from taco tuesday to casseroles to you know wagyu uh, stew you know and and uh everything
0: oh uh, a brisket a ground brisket uh wagyu lasagna oh yes absolutely. you can't beat it
1: <laughs> well i know at the kcbs banquet this year just because of that one of the uh, meals that one of the entrees for the buffet will be a uh, pasta with Wagyu Snake River Farms Wagyu meatballs. Oh wow! You know I know to, the ground beef is going to come from Snake River, and they're going to make the meatballs with Wagyu meatballs.
0: Very cool. Well,
1: I'll give you a little hint there. There's a little insider deal. The banquet this year is going to be somewhat buffet style. You're going to get you know a couple of entree tickets, a dessert ticket, and then your normal stuff will be on the plate. National Turkey Federation is going to supply turkey, so there'll be a turkey station. Smithfield is going to supply pork, so there'll be a pork station. The Snake River Farms is supplying uh, ground beef, so there'll be a pasta station with those meatballs. So you'll have a little bit of everything to uh, pick from and be able to get to. So if you want uh, marinated pork loin and, and pasta or turkey and marinated pork loin, you can do all that at the banquet rather than everybody gets to eat a piece of cold tenderloin and a baked potato <laughs> for noon. Both right. Day food. Banquet, banquet food. food. Last thing you want to serve (laughs) to barbecue cooks is
0: banquet food. Oh, believe me, cooking those hot dogs for Snake River Farms at the Royal. Oh, those are excellent. (laughs) It's it's such a hard job cooking hot dogs for six hundred people, and everybody's got got their own preference. They're like. I want mine barely cooked. I want mine scorched, like it was yeah, a damned.
1: True. Give me them black ones, man. <laughs> but the texture of those Wagyu hot dogs is just day and night from everything else. I'm sorry, I'm digressing. Anybody
0: but but it ruins it ruins hot dogs for you for the rest of your life when you have one that's not a Snake River exactly. hot dog. You're just like I I, I don't want to eat this. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, one of the things that happens on these podcasts is we all like to talk about our our successes and how, how good we've done and stuff like that. I like to talk about failures. Do you have a favorite failure of yours where it really, it taught you something that helped you be successful later?
1: Sure. 2015 team of the year run. Travis and I were nip and tuck. And the only reason why we got into the team of the year chase anyway, is early in the season, we won like four contests in a row. Well, that shoots you right to the top and, uh, then obviously well hey we may be on a roll here so we keep going and it's the tortoise and the hare you know here comes Travis. you know then travis is ahead and i kept chasing and you know every week was a dismal failure every week i was cooking outside of my region and i do believe that very that, that people don't understand that not only are there regional judging differences there are regional profiles there's a reason you win it your contest in your hometown three out of five because you're into a regional profile Uh, but anyway we were chasing all over the world i think travis was five points ahead of us and if we would have won we would have got ahead of him and we went all over the southeast you know at the uh, it it was just it wasn't even fun and it was all for not because you know ricky bobby if you're not first you're last (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, I stepped back after the season was over and I told Chris, I said, let's just quit. I, I ain't no use to chase it. If, if it happens, it happens, but let's not go everywhere. And she goes, no, because you'll be sitting at home in January saying shoulda, coulda, woulda. And I just told a guy in a private message, that same thing yesterday on Facebook, who was, who was uh, a new team that was just wanting to stay in the top 10 of his chase third chase. Should I do you think I can stay in the top 10 or you think I should keep pushing? And I basically said, you know, you got to decide what you want to do. If you can drop this one contest of your five that wasn't a top 10, then you know you're a lock. And I said, otherwise, you're going to set it home in January. Say it should have, could have, would have if I just went ahead and went to that contest. And so, yeah, that was my biggest uh, disappointment that I learned is that. Quit chasing it. Just let it happen. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, it does, but it's opinion, but it's hard 30 and 40. Like a lot of you guys. Yeah. I'd be out there full of piss and vinegar, you know, like Brad and Joe and they have a reason to be team of the year. They have a commercial reason that, 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 that helps their personal businesses and stuff. Me, that wasn't me. I just out having fun and I took the competitive to it almost didn't be fun anymore for a while.
0: It's, yeah, the one year that we went real hard chasing chicken points and we cooked 14 weekends in a row. I remember that 14th weekend very distinctly. It was in Salisbury, North Carolina and I looked at Kim afterwards and I said we need some time. Like, this has become number one. The driving has become too much. Number two, I feel like we're just going through the motions at this point, and just you know, it drains you. Exactly.
1: That's exactly what it was. We were just performing a routine. You know, we were orthodontists at that time. I just get up in the morning and pull wisdom teeth all day. You know, I don't change a smile. I just pull wisdom teeth after doing it so long, and and that's what it became. And, it, and if any of you guys are listening to this, you know, don't let it be a deterrent from your will, whatever your gut's telling you, you want to do, just understand when it's over, it may be over before you think it's over. And if it's over before you want it to be over and you recognize it's over, don't be a fool. You know, W.C. Fields said this best. He paraphrased, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Then quit. There's no sense of making a fool out of yourself. <laughs> and I use that a lot. I think about that a lot.
0: That's a that's a great quote. I don't think I've heard that one before. Um <laughs> Fields said that. Of course, is... three
1: Stooges said it first, if you don't succeed, keep sucking until you get it right. And, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's me in ribs. I've yet to have a 180 in ribs my whole damn career, a really contest. I've never had a 180 in
0: ribs. Wow. huh? Yeah, tell me about it. I have 206 contests. I've never had a 180 in pork. That's the one that avoids me. <laughs> and every year when we set our goals, that's one of the things that I say, you know what? This is the year. I'm going to 180 pork this year and it uh, just never happens. <laughs> it changes. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Every year it changes.
0: And I think that's what a lot of new teams, when they come in and they're successful right out of the gate, I don't think that they grasp the ebbs and flows of trends and different things that people are doing. And and I think, I think having you and I have both been around for 10-plus years doing this, so we know that things change and we've seen it. And I think a lot of teams that come in, they hit it hard, they're doing great, and then shit changes on a dime. And then they don't know
1: of the season,
0: right? Or across the state line.
1: Well, and you can artificially set the curve now, thanks to social media. Yeah. Who ever heard of bacon until right here? <laughs> how many actually know how to cook bacon smart? You know, we all started cooking bacon, and, and here's here's one of those tidbits. Never dawned on me until I was watching a barbecue league video. When Brad just, I don't know that he was giving up the secret subliminally or just talking to, you know, keep the content flowing. But when he's harvesting that bacon, he said, if the fat comes off real easy, the bacon's overcooked. You've got to kind of fight to get that sinew off the back of that bacon. And I've been cooking it where I could just take my fingers and just shred the fat off of it. The light went on. Dean. All right. Now I know when the bacon's cooked enough and you got to remember I'm cooking a jambo versus a drum. So I got to put all those different changes in. Those are things you listen, not only to what they're showing you, listen with your ears, watch with your eyes, but listen with your ears. Cause we can't control the left side of our brain when the right side is trying to be creative. So, you know, 80, so, you know, if the, if the intelligent side, you know, lets out that little secret that. Hey, you know it's cooked right if you have to fight to get to you sinew off of it versus if it just starts flaking off. Oh, shit, I know it's overcooked. I think. think.
0: Yeah. You and I had that same epiphany watching that thing. I, uh, exactly.
1: see what I mean? Because I, mean? I was,
0: I was nuking it, you know, getting it to the point yeah, where all oh, this pulls can. off great. And then you've mushed the bacon at that point.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, how am I screwing this up, man? It tastes wonderful. You know, and that's me and ribs. You know, is it too tight or they too loose? You know,
0: yep. And I, I, we cooked that Jacksonville contest earlier this year, and it's one of the few times a year that Kim and I cooked out of a pop up. So we're out there in the middle of everybody, and I'm pulling that spoon across the bacon Mm -hmm. and I'm fighting it, you know. And, uh, Darren, Darren's walking back from turning the box. He goes, that one's perfect.
1: (laughs) See, see, there's the things that the seasoned guys, I'm not saying we're better than anybody else, but those are the things we've learned to listen for. I don't care what it looks like. I'm not watching him stroke the damn fat with the spoon. I'm listening to what he's saying. Right. What what's he discovering when he's opening that up? You know, I mean, uh, it, (laughs) this sounds crazy. It's just like an autopsy. That's why they record an autopsy. They don't video them, but they record them because the guys, you know, he's announcing what he's actually d- detecting while he's opening the body. Well, that's what we're doing: is performing an autopsy on a pork butt.
0: That's one hundred percent right. <laughs> that might be the title of this episode: episode oh, "Autopsy." <laughs>
1: performing <the> barbecue autopsy. <laughs> okay.
0: Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about gear. You are, uh, what's one of the, we'll get into pits here in a minute, but I think I know the answer to this question. What's one of the best or most worthwhile investments that you've ever made in competition barbecue?
1: You're going to think I'm crazy. 24 inch foil,
0: 24 inch foil.
1: (laughs) You pay a little more for it. You got to get it usually from a restaurant supply place, but it's big enough. You don't have to worry about the seams leaking. You can wrap a big brisket flat in it with one piece. You don't have to worry about the sides being too short and the wrap coming out. It's always a thicker grade than just your typical 18-inch big box door foil. Uh, It just makes it easier. You know, I go out there and I rip. And that's one of those rituals, too. I'm sorry. I always pull my foil on Friday night or Thursday night when I get there or Friday morning early, I never pulled my foil on Saturday morning, mainly because used to be the old moniker, everybody says, God, there's nothing worse than waking up to hearing somebody ripping foil. And, you know, you know. and so I've always pulled my foil the night before, for some weird reason. I have them right up on a shelf over my table, just like I got my pan liners all in on Friday morning, you know, and, in my extra pan liners. From when after I finish injecting, you know, to be able to replace. So I'm not chasing. It's all about being that. But yes, I'd say 24 inch foil is one of them. After 10 years, there's probably five or six of them that are really important to me. Such as? A good Cuisinart grease separator. Fat separator. Oh, super important. Kettle looking One so you pull the button and it just drops it right out of the bottom. Yep. You know, that's important to get good au jus. And I use au jus on everything. You know, even I I separate the fat on my chicken pan and use a little bit of that chicken juice to thin my sauce with. Because why thin sauce with apple juice when you can thin it with its own flavor?
0: Absolutely. And keep the
1: grease out of it. Uh, Yeah, that's one. Uh, A good set of tweezers are good. Uh, One thing I found just simply because I was exposed to it. It's 10 times better than a Q-tip or these sponge wipes that are a sponge. Mm -hmm. We use them to clean print heads on printers with, you know, I've got some oversized printers, print big posters. And so you can get them like a hundred of them for $5. They absorb all that crap around the box really easy. Hmm. Still can't bring myself to spraying Pam on my kale yet, but uh, at least I can clean my box up good.
0: You know, we saw that trick done this weekend. Uh, Kim had heard about it and the team we were next to, they were getting ready to do it. And she asked, can I come over and look at that and watch that? And, uh, she came back and she went, man, I don't know
1: <laughs> it the hell out of me. It's just like not washing your pit. You're introducing something foreign right at the last minute to your meat. They say it doesn't affect it, but then again, their shit may taste so bad that it helps. I don't know. <laughs>
0: And yeah, I, she told me about it, and I was like, "Hmm, I don't know." <laughs> it, looks,
1: it's, it really is. It does look good. It darkens that kale up. It really makes it pop. But I, I don't. I just can't bring myself to do it. You know, I can shoot. I can shoot the uh, my globe well, right back into a purged pork butt, but I can't spray Pam on my kale.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, you already answered, I think a hundred times what purchase of a hundred dollars or less has positively <laughs> impacted your barbecue life. What are some of the best decisions that you made when you first started cooking?
1: a class took a class. I was, uh, obviously now I come back from the day that you use Stubbs pork marinade in your pork crap I'm from the day that bovine bold and yard bird and guns hot. And Cimarron Docks were the only things to think about using. You know, I come from the day that you had to go 50 50 Blues Hog and Blues Hog Tennessee Red. You know, if it didn't pucker, it didn't score, you know, those kind of days. And uh, head country with a little honey, you know, those kind of deals. Uh, I could, But so a lot of things have evolved since then. And uh, so you always have to continue. To
0: I mean, Absolutely. An
1: answer, but that's what impacted me the most was taking a class, learning that technique. And I, I took a class every year until I pretty much took all the classes I could take, you know, now, and I, I don't mean any disrespect. If you don't have as many contests as I do, you don't have as many grand championships as I do, just cause you've got a logo hanging on the top of your hat, doesn't mean I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars to teach me anything. You know i don't think you should be out there putting on classes unless you walk that aisle as rick flair would say <laughs> and uh, that's why you know I, I i have a problem with a lot of people doing classes i really have a problem with these guys selling these video classes that i'm an eight-time world champion okay well what really is a world champion you know and uh, you know i'm going to get a little asshole political about that but the bottom line is, is you're just doing it to call in a mark, and uh, you know a mark is a wrestling fan, is to call in somebody like that and get their money and thank you teaching them something. And they may get a couple of nuggets, but I'll guarantee you, it's something you learn from someone else's class. And I was asked that same question. Dave wants to do a class. Well, all I'd be doing is saying what I learned from Scotty Johnson, Donnie Teal, Rod Gray, uh, Fred Robles here lately. You know, because i learned little nuggets from them that all incorporates into my stuff. I would be teaching things that Sterling Ball shared with me in confidence, you know, hey, here's some things to work with. I would be uh, sharing things that Darren Worth had shared with me in confidence, Scott T. So it, but then I'm going to monetize those things. To me, that's hypocritical. And you guys that are fit in the mold I'm talking about, if you get mad at me, feel <laughs>
0: You just mentioned a bunch of names.
1: Legends, uh, true legends in my true. life. My mentors.
0: Who has impacted I your life? Yeah. Who has impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? Jesus,
1: they're all tied.
0: Yeah. I knew you were going to
1: ask me this question because I watched your podcast. They're all tied. I mean, Johnny Trigg at 83 years old just turned 83 a few days ago. Out there nailing it, yet still very, very humble. Johnny's cockiness is just part of his persona, you know. Johnny Trigg is just as cool as he can be. Darren Worth met him; didn't even know who the hell he was in St. Louis, Missouri, at a Sam's local contest way back there. I didn't know who he was. He just nice guy, and we visited and stuff. And then it was only after we got home and got to look, at, oh. That's Iowa I smoky D's. Wow. That's that Darren worth guy, you know, just as cool as I look up to him, you know, uh, I, 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 Scotty, Scotty likes to stir it up and be a butt on Facebook and stuff. That's just Scotty, but I learned a lot from Scotty at first and, and he picked up the phone, even though the class, it was two months, uh, uh, passed, he still pick up the phone and answer a question on something I missed, you know, uh, rod gray. To this day, I didn't see Rod for almost a year, and he was at the uh, Darren's Pork Fry, and, <laughs> and and it was really cool to see Rod, I mean, you know, hey Dave, how are you doing, good to see you, I still use things he taught, took Dan Hickson in uh, uh, Left Coast Q's class, you know, I still use some things from there, every time I cut the back of the top flat off the pork butt, I think about Dan Hickson, because that's one of the things he taught in his class, you know, how to bring that back before you, this was back before we deboned everything. And uh, so all of those guys are mentors. All those guys are mentors. But then there's some guys that have made a total ass of themselves, themselves, through their success, and then pending failures that have been examples for me as well as how to not act in this business. And I'm mm-hmm. the worst at flying off the handle, but I try to be very reserved. And I think about that. But gee, I don't want to look like that guy. I'd rather look like this guy. So yeah, those are my heroes. There's a there's a Mount Rushmore barbecue heroes to me.
0: Absolutely. When you hear the word successful in terms of barbecue, who's the first person that pops into your mind?
1: I would think the most successful uh, in 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 the whole picture is Darren. He's won everything there is to win, but he's gracious. He still has time for everyone. Uh, that's tied among three people darren Tuffy, chris lily all of those guys and johnny are all very very humble byron acts like he's big cock go the walk and all that stuff but you walk by byron's trailer at the royal and stop and shake hands and he's how are you doing sir good to meet you and all that they all have time for you that to me is success in barbecue more than a big check and a big trophy
0: absolutely
1: it's the it's the whole chilata, if you
0: will. Yep. There was a video uh from this year's Royal of Tuffy riding a kid's skateboard around the parking lot. Just just watching Tuffy ride a skateboard and doing it well. I mean, he was doing turns and stuff and I was like I was like, you know, that's that's what makes what we do so great is that the people that everybody thinks are are, you know, super celebrities. And they're, they're the nicest people in the world. They don't
1: Exactly. Kelly words is another example of that. Oh yeah. Both as people I look up to and I'll, you know, Kelly's just Kelly is Kelly every day of the week. And if Kelly may not offer you a tip, but he'll dang sure give you the answer. If you ask the right question. Right. Mike Hayes used to be that way. Who's passed now. He used to be with KCBS. Uh, he was one of the guys that we kind of looked up to and, uh, you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't just lay something on you, but if you ask him the right question, he would give you the right answer. Uh, so that that's, that's some of that stuff that's really good.
0: Um, yeah, that's- you're a,
1: Dude, I'm not putting you over here because we're on your show, but you're a success story of what it's <laughs> about. You've had some success. You and your wife do it as a husband and wife activity. It's obvious you have fun or y'all wouldn't go out there and dance on the stage and stuff like that. You know, that's not a put on, you know, that's not a scripted deal. Oh, we won a chicken, let's do a dance. No, you're actually enjoying life and what barbecue is doing with it, what this competitive sport of ours were. I wish we could change the name from KCBS to KCTS, just the Kansas City Tailgate Society. That's (laughs) what I wish it would be again, just a big old ass potluck tailgate thing and take the politics and the competitive side away and we just all show up at this town this weekend and have a good old time and then go to the house
0: man you just gave me chills because i haven't publicly talked about the chicken win <laughs> yeah. and uh you know we were walking up there and you know we're both everybody's out of control and i just listened to the music and they were playing one of kim's favorite beastie boy songs and I looked at Kim and I was like, I don't know how this happened. That they're playing this song, but this is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So loaded question coming. Um, and I'm going to ask this before we get into our rapid fire questions, because those are my favorites.
1: Let it fly, baby. I can handle it.
0: <laughs> what? What is your compelling future slash vision for competition barbecue. Where do you think we need to go?
1: Competition barbecue, the model, and I'm going to speak to KCBS's model because there are some other models out there that are poised that are growing with the industry, but KCBS model can't keep up with the growth that it has produced. i look at the the loss of the sams club tournaments as about as like the assassination of john f kennedy we were all on a high as a nation and then a lone gunman supposedly just took out the president took out the heart of our country and we have this void every week we waited on the results to come in this was pre live stream on facebook is the sams results who won who's going to post who won who didn't win who's going who who made the regionals i'm already in the regionals now who am i going to be cooking against we had 20 weeks of positive distraction we don't have that anymore and when the void fell out uh from some fault of its own and some no fault of its own because kcbs is comprised of a bunch of laymen who can win a popularity contest. The, the leadership in kcbs here to ford in the last couple of years we've tried to steer it where there are professions you know there are certain disciplines that get on the board that lend a marketing hand an accounting hand a business management hand you know in addition to just i'm a judge i'm a rep i'm a cook because it's a big business but because we have so many teams competing we have so many contests we have so many members that feel like that Because you're a member of a nonprofit, you don't have that same mentality as an ownership member in, say, Walmart. I own a thousand shares of Walmart. I should be able to tell them to move the garden hoses over to the automotive aisle because I own stock in this company. Walmart will tell you go fly a kite. Well, problem is, is that same guy has that forty dollar membership with KCBs believes he has the right to tell you to change this and collectively the membership does have that right but individually they don't but the loudest voice on facebook you know gets where it is we've got to adjust our model some way the single meat categories is one of them uh the new steak program that has that is rolling out is another and then when i say adjustable model it's an alternative you know we did a lot of work and i could do a whole podcast on the steak thing so but we did a lot of work in developing this steak program that even things changed once the pandemic hit, because we saw all the numbers changing of all these new customers. You know, as far as sauce and rub companies, but people learning how to cook because the restaurant was closed. Take that passion of learning how to cook to a competitive level or to an outdoor activity, to a social activity. Let's provide an alternative. You know, we were the original. So let's let's wake up and, and be the original again. But KCBS, the four meat categories are tough. We made some changes to the pork rule this year because pork was unenforceable. We all knew that. Uh, I never had my pork weighed in all the years. It said it had to weigh four pounds. So it creates a disadvantage. It's like some of that, like I said, uh, uh, setting that curve through showing boxes on Facebook. Same way here. Upon inspection, you know, must be cooked whole. Well, how do you cook a pork butt whole if you cut her down to four pounds? Define whole, define upon inspection. So, all the guys that are trying to follow the letter of the rule wonder, well, why is my pork not getting done? Why can't I do this one? Because it's being gained, the system's gained through interpretation. Well, let's take the ambiguity of the pork rule out. And I am told and I've seen it on social media from the actual person that was involved in it. The only reason why the pork rule evolved is pork used to be wide open and a prominent person cooked the whole hog and got beat by a pork tenderloin in the contest. Well, that's not a level playing field. Well, the best tasting pork won the contest. It just happened to be a pork loin and not a whole damn hog. So Mm -hmm. where is it? What is it? It's 2021. We have to evolve the biggest, Anchor, you know, chain carrying around in four categories was that crazy ass pork rule. So let's fix it. Let's just fix it. Let's make it just like the other four. Otherwise, I think you ought to have to have a whole chicken and inspection. Then that once inspected, it may be trimmed to whatever you want to trim it. You know, if you want to look at it one way, you got to look at it the other. Mm-hmm. We are a hotter and a faster and a quicker society. I've learned, I manage Fire Lake Arena in Shawnee, Oklahoma. So I've got to figure out how to do concerts and do events that attract every demographic in the world. And I've found that our generations now of, of, of the people that have the new fresh expendable income, which are kids out of college, guys out of high school, people, younger people, the kids now, I'm 60, these would be the kids that would be my kids coming out or grandkids. They want instant gratification. They don't want to take a lot of time. They want to show up and do their thing and go on to the next thing. That's why millennials in, in these guys, they don't buy houses. They don't like to buy cars. They don't buy jewelry. They don't want those long-term commitments. Well, that's trickling down. If you will, in a Reagan economy, <laughs> that's trickling down to barbecue. We want to come and have fun and light them fires at six o'clock and cook it. and win. And the smart guys developed ways to do it. That's why they're on top. And, and, you know, we were cooking hot and fast in Jambo. It's just we're, we're cooking fast enough or hot enough. We had too big a chambers <laughs> and you know, drums have changed the business, changed the world. You know, they've changed the world. I can't say for the good or the bad, because you know, it, there's nothing but good coming out of them, but they're a more affordable, entry into this business it's easier to cook on them i love it when 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 brad and tim say just cook needles up you know quit playing with the dials just get her needles up and go i love how they say you know i don't worry about what the temperature says i put my hand over and feel the compression coming out of the stack well everybody can feel the fan blowing on their on you know the, the convection coming on their hand i'm sorry i'm using my hands no no audio podcast yeah but uh those are techniques to just shorten that curve and learn how to enter. it's what makes the drum so much better you know in in for those things i like the flavor of drum but i'm a jambo purist i'm still stuck in my ways i am part bad change well i'm not changing for anything
0: right right so,
1: <laughs> so uh but again my jambo has a carrier for drum built into it as well
0: <laughs> so those
1: are things you know that's changing barbecue i'm sorry i've got way off the deal but the kcbs no. model has to correct itself to to its clientele and the kcbs is a big old ship with a little small prop so it's very hard to turn and it's hard to make fast sometimes despite itself and sometimes as a benefit to itself you know sometimes we knee jerk uh, no forks in the judging tent, versus certain, and then sometimes we make a decision that's a whole lot better analyzed than the six keyboard warriors out there that say, Well, I trust the math, I trust the math, well, but you're not getting the math unless well, you know that's seating right, you know, right?
0: Wow, well, thank you for that. That's uh, and that's well, there's a lot of good points when. I think when you said our society is basically hot and fast, that's, that's a very good term we we want
1: Instant <laughs> gratification, you know,
0: and things come quicker and they go away faster and, I you don't know, I want
1: to go to the moon, set it home and get it streamed too. Right. You know? I don't want to go to Walmart and wait in line. I'm going to call Amazon. They'll be here tomorrow.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: I'm a victim of that myself.
0: I think yeah. we all are. I ordered five things yesterday. <laughs>
1: well, and, and guys now in a lot of cities can get Amazon delivery same day, same day. That's Absolutely. Unbelievable. You know, and I'm out here in Tecumseh, Oklahoma, and we still get Prime next day, which is great. And what freaks me out, which is this is one thing of, of the realization of myself. My grandfather was a rural carrier. In a lot of places, you know, you went to the local grocery store over there and got your mail. They didn't deliver it to your house because it was five miles off the highway. That now Amazon and FedEx Home, they deliver to your house on Sunday. Absolutely. Unheard of. <laughs> no wonder the post office has gone broke because they won't get out of the Monday through Friday routine. And you know they will come on Saturday, but you're lucky if you get it on Saturday. You know, right? We, we're not a KCBS is the United States Post Office of the damn delivery business. We're still <laughs> we're the oldest. We're probably still the best and most reliable, but it takes us a while to make the change. You know, change is a bad word in a lot of uh, organizations, especially member-driven and member-led organizations. Why change? Well, we've got to reach out to the membership. Well, we reached out to some of the membership. Well, you're not being transparent enough. Well, God, you know, I, you, you, you know, and I used to be the mayor of my town. I was on the school board. I've been on a rural water district. You know, chairman of the state gaming association for almost 30 years consecutively. I know what it means that you can make some people happy. You can't make some people can't make everybody happy at once but the people who still aren't happy i owe responsibility to explain my position to that's been the toughest you know especially now that keyboard days are there yeah you know, that anybody can go on social media and and do your thing and yes i've done it i've been on i've been on both sides of that you know i wouldn't be on the kcbs board if i hadn't pointed out deficiencies The a reason why i wanted to run and if you ask me, I think I did a hell of a job last three years. Yes. Some of the people, they say he was a letdown. You know, he didn't do what we wanted to do. Did I walk into a brick wall? Yeah, but I busted a hole right through that son of a bitch too.
0: Yep. Well, you've been more than yep. gracious. We'll get off <laughs> politics now. <laughs> well, maybe you've been more than gracious with your time, but now I want to hit you with the rapid fire questions and, uh, okay. and, uh, I'm very, these are my favorites. So, what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? <laughs>
1: and like I say, I've watched this, uh, I've listened to this podcast a lot and i anticipated this question What <laughs> bothers me the most and it goes back into what we kind of finished here is guys with very marginal success in this industry, in this competitive sport, throw their boxes out there on Facebook and talk about how the judge just screwed them with eights. Or I've got two sevens in taste, look at this box. They walk the aisle enough times to decide that maybe your box wasn't that good. You know, starting to have t-shirt made up like that. Maybe your food's not as good as you you think it is. And that kind of, stuff. I always, I always on Monday, look at my boxes from Saturday and I'll give you a textbook example of this. I would have got a one eighty at the royal in brisket but i finished fifth with a one seventy nine four four, which means i was one eight in appearance off monday i looked at that box again the front slice was in backwards
0: oh, <laughs> oh man it's little things like that and i we do the same thing i Not i go
1: 155 contests in yeah you no know? I've got a thirty-two percent call ratio in brisket alone, in the front slice I put in back. There. In a trained eye can see it, and yep. a trained judge saw it and gave it an eight, where everybody else gave them nines. I deserved
0: it. Yep, I think that's the number one thing I think that needs to change in barbecue as a whole is being honest with yourself about your product and what you're turning in. And you know, we're all used our, to
1: our, our, vanities on social media, won't allow us to be honest with ourselves. We all have to be Hulk Hogan. We yep. all have to be Michael Jordan. And if not, it's someone else's fault. I learned that. I mean, I'm, I'm the, I hate judges at four <laughs> o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And then I get home Saturday night and start looking at my stuff and going, you know, that's probably about right. Yeah. Or I look, you know, they didn't like the whole table. You know, if I'm not, if I get a low score and I'm first on the table, well, they still like mine better than everybody else. But if I hit a good table and I'm fifth on the table, it wasn't the judges. Yeah. You know, I had the table average report created and put on the website under your team deal so you can see where all the table variances were. If you had a top three table out of a out of a six table contest, and you hit one of the top three tables, and you came in fourth on the table, it wasn't the judges, pal. you' just let's go back to regional judging, and regional flavor profiles. You may hit your marks, but that flavor did not work for that three hour drive from home contest you
0: entered. Yep.
1: It falls all back to once again Darren Worth, the least offensive barbecue wins.
0: Yep. Do you have a favorite pre-during or post-competition meal?
1: I like Mexican food before. A lot of people like it afterwards. I like to eat Mexican food on Friday for lunch for some reason. Uh, Afterwards, if we can get home, just a good old thin crispy Domino's pizza or a KFC famous bowl, you know, something, I know as <laughs> I call it. something that involves mashed potatoes, gravy, and corn, green beans.
0: <laughs> Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people?
1: You know, I've thought about that. You know, some people said bourbon, Chris Lilly said bourbon, bourbon. Um, it, it, it matches. What I, if I give somebody something that matches what I feel like that compliments them or something they need, you know, like, here's a timer. You know, that's another one of those under $100 deals is ThermalWorks timer. When you think it's done, set the timer for five minutes. Cook it till it's tender after you have cooked it till it's done. You know, so, you know i always, you know, those kind of things. I'll give out timers or I'll, you know, go hand them you know, something.
0: That's cool. Last question, my favorite question. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions, what would it say and why? I
1: used to have some ink pens with this printed on them. it says live every day as if it was your last because one morning you'll get lucky
0: <laughs> that's great advice that's great advice so if you want to well, be Dave-
1: smug all your life be smug because you're going to die smug <laughs> happy be happy because then you'll die happy
0: <laughs> That's another good billboard. <laughs> well, David, Lord, thank you. Well, David, I want to thank you for being on here. This has been one of my favorite episodes. Uh, There's a lot of great information on here. Tell people where they can find you online, even though most people know how. You know, I don't have. I
1: have. I don't have a website. Facebook American Dream Barbecue uh, has a Facebook page. And then, of course, you know, I've got an email address with KCBS while I'm still on the board. And Like I say, reach out and find me. You know, I'm not too good to talk to anybody.
0: Great, man. Well, thank you for taking the time, and I look forward to seeing you here in a few
1: minutes. And I've got to put over your format. I like your format. You ask very directed questions, you know, that because it creates a census. You know, now it's not just, well, this is a hodgepodge today this is the hodgepodge for this guy tomorrow you follow a format and we really get to listen to guys you know like i say it's why i listen to it because i like to hear the point of views
0: well and part of it for me is is that it keeps me on track but also the big part for me is preserving stories and preserving how people got involved especially you know one of the things that i spent a lot of time at at the royal this year was talking to people who were great before I even knew that this existed. Yes. A- and and talking with them and getting to meet them and, you know, some of our future guests, I'm going to have uh, Qow. I'm going to have Squirrel, you know, guys that, that have stories and that do things a certain way that I think we all need to, number one, remember, and number two, I think a lot of people can learn from.
1: Yeah. Well, then you got people like, don and sharon wills, smokers wild they're retired down in florida now but they were cooking kcbs in kansas city when 30 people were in kcbs i mean he's got a two-digit member number yeah you know won the royal but then won a ton of contests those are the people those are the damn forefathers of barbecue if
0: you will absolutely
1: dudes that just are out there to have a book from it
0: right right Well, thanks again for your time, my friend. And I look forward to seeing you. (laughs) All right. Have a good day. Yep, you too. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We will have another episode for you next week. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Zdenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. All rights are copyright 2021. Yes. Old